everyone. Welcome to the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Very exciting. Um, we had this week, we had Jordan and Aline from Counter with a Space. Uh, very fun to talk with them. Been talking to more sous chefs and chef de cuisines recently, and it's been very enlightening. A few notes on upcoming podcasts. We're going to take a few weeks off because it's tag season and don't have any guests booked, but we'll be back at the end of February. We've got a couple more coming. Um, so you guys get a break for two weeks. Honestly, it's a blessing. Okay. Enjoy this week of the Stallion Pancake Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stallion Pancake Podcast. Well, yeah, I said that wrong. Whatever. I'm Jason Ackerman. <laughs> This is where you say your names. Uh, I'm Jordan Drummond. And I'm Eileen Hesse. Okay, that's how you say your name. Now I know. I definitely <laughs> did not know it was Hesse. Uh, welcome. We've got, are you guys, is your title the Seuss Chefs? The Seuss? Uh, that's, that's my title. Eileen's title is, is much more glorious than Seuss Chef. Uh, I'm the Chef de Cuisine. Chef de Cuisine. There we go. Okay, so first tell for people like me who... I've never worked in a kitchen and only can use a microwave. What's the difference between a sous chef and a chef de cuisine and what Sam and both of you work for counter I should say that first, but explain to us that difference before we start. Um, I would say the difference between a sous chef and a chef de cuisine is the sous chef is more focused on um, the stations within the kitchen, while the chef de cuisine has a more oversight of the entire restaurant and the entire flow of that. So you're making sure that Jordan doesn't screw anything up. Yes, but also <laughs> front of the house, also just everyone. <laughs> how'd you, de- how'd your boyfriend decide on a, on Charlotte to open up his bar? From- uh, so three, four years ago, we were looking at different cities that were like, on the edge of really blowing up and expanding and charlotte was in the top and then our his business partner has family in charlotte so it's just sort of a easy sort of choice for us um it was it's very different from new york obviously but it's sort of given us the opportunity to do what we wanted with our careers so that's cool so for for both of you when you're you know you're both not from charlotte and you came here for culinary reasons. Like what, uh, before you came to Charlotte, like what was your understanding of the food scene here? Oh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> um, I think when I first got here and I started looking for jobs, I was like a little concerned. Um, but within the last three years, I have to say like Charlotte has grown so much. Like just me being able to actually see the change has been really cool. And I know that Jordan moved down to Charlotte about the same time as I did. And the number of restaurants that are opening, the different types of ones, and it also is like the different levels of fine dining to casual to all these different ones. Yeah, I think we've like, you guys came at a really good time because you kind of saw like the rise of fine dining in Charlotte. Like you both worked at Bardo, which I would consider like the first real like fine dining place we had there was some other places but like they've kind of all led to bardo opening up and then now you work at counter which is probably like the 
you know, it's taking it even a step further. Uh, so it's really exciting from our perspective, from the eater's perspective. Now we have like this high end. And then like when you when you have that, it like trickles down to kind of everybody else in the city that's trying to do stuff, which is pretty yeah. cool. So, so you both worked at Bardo, which I love. Um, first Scallion uh, Michigan pug we gave out. Still the only one. Counter might be getting one soon. We'll see. There's some particular dishes I want to talk about at Bardo, but why don't you just give like your overall, like what's something that you learned at Bardo that you thought was cool that you've taken on in your career? Or maybe it's Mike Knowles insane. Could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, geez. Uh, Bardo was really interesting for me because um, Zeppelin was kind of my first little peek at like um, share plate kind of tasting menu ish food. And like I'm from central Wisconsin. So like we do fish fries and uh, brats and uh, uh, cheese. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the extent of, of what we've got in central Wisconsin. And there's not much in the way of, of fine dining. Um, so getting to Bardo was just really eye opening for me to see. Uh, I remember looking at the menu before I started at Bardo and thinking, gosh, I don't know what half of this stuff is. Uh, but, but then getting there and, you know, getting familiar with the product and, and getting familiar with the system and and learning about the the ways that you can execute uh, food that is uh, pretty sexy in a small kitchen space like that. And that um, I feel like the Johnson & Wales education is a lot of uh, here's how you work at a Marriott or here's how you work in a giant hotel facility kind of thing. Uh, so it was really interesting to see uh, the, the cool shit you can do when you are just focusing on, you know, a, a very tight service in a small kitchen. And putting out uh, really nice ingredients. Um, I would say what I learned at Bardo was it was sort of my first. It was the beginning of me moving up from just a cook or just a pastry person to the sous chef position to the chef de cuisine position. So I really think that what I learned the most was one how to like run a kitchen and manage people and be the boss. <laughs> Um, but it also gave me the ability to sort of figure out my own personal voice when it comes to food. What do I want my desserts to look like? What do I like? What am I trying to showcase? I think was the biggest thing that I sort of was given the ability to do and to really like learn on. So what do you think your voice is? Oh, um, I think. Um, my pastries, except especially my desserts, are always between savory and sweet. I am not a huge sweet fan. None of my desserts come off sickening sweet. They're not chocolate bombs. They never will be. Um, so I really like bringing in savory ingredients. For example, the dish that we have on counter right now for fire, it's a smoked black pepper vanilla ice cream. And I think that just really showcases me because it's like it's sweet, but it's savory, but it's like this cool in between area. And then I also feel like I'm extremely simplistic. All of my dishes are like 
three ingredients or like three flavors and like that's it. I don't like having a lot of like fussy stuff <laughs> on my dishes. So when you, when either of you have like, you know, a diner, what what's the experience, like when you're creating a dish, what's the experience you want the diner to have? Um, I would say for Counter, um, Counter has this really cool backstory that a lot of restaurants don't have um, because we're changing our menu and we're doing themes. It actually gives us the ability to like really learn about the theme. So like last menu was Tawar, focusing on North, in North Carolina ingredients and the history. So I think when I'm creating dishes for the theme, it sort of gives me a direction on what I'm trying to showcase for the guest. It's trying to bring them in and let them experience Tawar or fire as a whole and really showcase what the theme is. Yeah, and like Jordan, I know like you did, when we went to the Beethoven meal, you did the bratwurst. <laughs> Cutest course. little thing ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, the little mini bratwurst. And that, you know, you talked about how you're from Wisconsin and like that's your kind of background. So you could kind of tell how that, how your background, you're kind of trying to tell your story in that dish. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that, um, you know, Sam gave me, uh, my, I guess my course assignment for that course was sausage, um, was, was all he told me. And I, the first thing that I said was, how about we just serve a, a brat, but like a really tiny little brat. That would be really cool. And it would be kind of Wisconsin-esque, which has a lot of German roots. And that's kind of why I brought that to the table. But I just thought, I, I don't know why I think this. Um, uh, often, I was actually just talking to Alina about it uh, the other day. Um, I really like small food, like things that are <laughs> that that should be normal size. Like, a, you know, Broward <laughs> should be a big thing. But I, I like to make it tiny. I don't know. I just think it's even fun. <laughs> That's not all I like to do. But um, uh, for that dinner, I did think that it was kind of neat to uh, kind of parlay us going from uh, classic German uh, Fifth Symphony food that we did and then going into the Seventh Symphony where we kind of try to turn classic on its head. Um, so giving a, a kind of classic sausage course, but um, in, a, in an untraditional way as a segue into something more um, head scratching, I guess, or since, you know, something a little more exciting. Yeah. Some would say that fine dining is just trying to make big stuff small. <laughs> That's like you. <laughs> so like, I guess describe counter a little bit for people who haven't been there. Like, so I'll, I'll, you guys describe it. All right. Um, so it, to me, counter is really cool because it's this like experience. So, so much more than a restaurant. Uh, it's this crazy, awesome experience where we're telling you a story uh, that goes along with the food, that goes along with the music that we have playing. Um, and it's a tasting menu format. Uh, so, you, so it's just, you know, your, your 10 courses, but every course means something. Uh, it's a part of the story. And within that course, uh, we've got a few songs paired with the course that also add in a little something to the story as well. Um, it's not, you know, um, it's not a, a crazy performance art circus kind of thing. I, I feel like when we opened, a lot of people thought that it was going to be um, too much or like too grandiose almost. 
Uh, but I think we do a really good job of keeping it exciting for the guests while also introducing them to new flavors that maybe they haven't ever tasted before, um, but also bringing them back to maybe something that they can connect with and that they, a memory that they have of food in the past. Um, so it's like this, this perfect culmination of all of those things in one. So when you're, so counter, you, you have, I guess, four seasons that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you're also doing like pop-up meals. It seems like you're just changing the menu all the time. <laughs> um, like that can go, it, that's hard to execute. Cause like if you're trying to like do a fine, like most high-end restaurants, they change the menu, you know, a couple times a year, but they like slowly rotate it. And you guys are like, I think really trying to experiment and like get cool, you know, do cool dishes and, really throw stuff out there. Um, so how do you guys come up with the theme, first of all? Is that just Sam? Is that, are you all like by a whiteboard and just like <laughs> saying random words? Uh, no, it's mostly <laughs> Sam's brainchild of all these themes that he just comes to us and is like, hey, let's do this. Uh, but Jordan has added to some of the themes. The vegan metal dinner was Jordan's brainchild that I just appreciate him oh so much for bringing to the table. <laughs> Vegan desserts aren't, aren't easy to make, apparently. <laughs> so um, so basically yeah. Sam like comes up with the theme and he's like, you guys execute it and come up with the... Yeah, and, and I think Sam com- comes up with a theme. I think it's more Sam has already come up with a theme. I think one day he told <laughs> me that he's got something like 477 themes that he's just like, that say it wasn't that high, but... I swear he's uh, uh, he's always like yeah I've got um, I've I've thought of that or I was like you know we should do this dinner and he's like yeah I was thinking about that that would be really cool I don't think there's anything he hasn't thought of. <laughs> um, at the same time, uh, Sam has told me that next winter, right, Jordan? Yep. Next winter menu is my theme, so I have to create a theme. Uh, and then I will hand out the course assignments to everyone as Sam, what Sam does for us. Uh, so I have a on the back burner trying to figure out what my theme is going to be for the menu. So he definitely so, gives us a lot of a lot of. He keeps our minds working. Yeah, it keeps us working. So what's like what's uh, the theme you're thinking of? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because secret. Sam doesn't tell uh, doesn't tell the themes more than a few months out, and this is going to be one of our full time menus, so it'll be going on for three months. So I don't think I'm allowed to tell you actually. <laughs> oh, top secret. Okay. <laughs> I know, and it's it's dope. It's real cool. It well, definitely plays into how I view food. So. That's very exciting. Uh, so we, so we've been to, so you guys, you guys were both working when it was anomaly and doing pop-ups, right? Yeah. So I guess uh, just to throw it out there, I, maybe maybe in the in the Bardo part would have been better, but so the the kind of the crazy story about Aline and I is that um, I when I worked at Zeppelin, uh, Aline's boyfriend Greg was a bartender at Zeppelin, and I found out that we lived in the same building. And um, so we just uh, we had Mondays off. So we would do this like industry Monday. Let's get drunk by the pool because all of the people we lived in South End. So all the people that lived in South End were Bank of America or wherever they work on Mondays. Uh, so we had the pool to ourselves. 
And Aline was there because obviously she had Mondays off too. And so I met Aline that way. Um, and we kind of started working. Um, she was at, you know, Rock Salt. I was at Zeppelin. She went to Bardo. I was very jealous. Um, <laughs> I ended up uh, being uh, brought over to Bardo by her. Um, I don't know, six months into her being at Bardo or so. Uh, my first night at Bardo was uh, uh, my first night taking over her station so that she could be the sous chef. Um, and then uh, once we both left Bardo, we actually both found out that we had interviews with Counter on the same day. We didn't talk about like, you know, sending our resumes to Sam or anything like that. Yeah. I actually had done it before I, before I left Bardo and tried to keep it really secretive that I was like kind of trying to talk to Sam a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. She, she texted me and she was like, are, are you talking with Sam in an hour? Uh, totally out of the blue. So it's just kind of funny how we've, we've ended up at the same restaurants and we, we look at the building and uh, it's like we were meant to, to be chefs at the same restaurant. So how does, how do like you find out when a new restaurant's open? Like, how do you know to apply to these places? So I, I don't know how Aline found out about counter, but I will tell you that I saw the anomaly pop up. Um, I think, I don't know if it was how she broke up with me. It was the one that he did in a house. And it was like, he had that like encapsulated chicken mole. Yeah, we went. I think you guys were there. Yeah. I saw the picture of that. And I saw the picture of that sweet potato, um, sweet tea, sweet potato mousse. Yeah. uh, Dessert or whatever it was. And I was like, damn, that looks really sexy. I I need to to see what this dude's up to. So that was, that was my story for him. Uh, Yeah, no, I saw the mole chicken thing. (laughs) Chicken thing, chicken thigh, whatever it was. Um, and I just saw that dish and I was like, okay, like there's another chef sort of coming to Charlotte that's like I'm interested in and like might have the same view as me. And then I just sort of reached out and was like, hey, like I'm interested. Um, it was after I left Bardo. I was dog walking as my part time job, <laughs> uh, which I realized I get very, very bored of <laughs> doing. <laughs> Um, and I was just like, hey, like, I'm interested in, like, maybe working one of the pop-ups, sort of just seeing what you're about. Um, and it's actually really funny. The first pop-up I worked was uh, the first night of Cafeteria, which was a giant disaster that oh, everyone yeah, we were there. knows about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so walked- when that's happening, do you guys know it's a complete disaster? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she texted me and told me. She was like, "My, I was supposed to show up the next night, and she was supposed to still be there. And um, she was like, hey, just so you know, this is a shit show. Um, I'm still coming back tomorrow night, but, like, just so you know what you're walking into. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I think things are... You, <laughs> so, why, so why do you think that that... What went wrong? Ooh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, like, preparing for the pop-up, Sam sent me all of these Excel sheets with all of the recipes all the whole menu played out everything. everything was so beautifully planned out and i was really excited about that i'm <laughs> someone who plans times a thousand so seeing a chef that's like so ahead of where most chefs start <laughs> uh when doing a dinner like that and then i walked in and i was just like no one knows what they're doing <laughs> only sam knows what's happening and sam it's trying to direct everyone, but at the same time, it's really hard to do that when the dinner starts in an hour. Um, so 
it was a little bit of a shit show. I'm someone who like, I deal really well in the weeds when, when something's going down and the kitchen's about to go on fire. Like I deal with that really well. Um, but then I left and I just like called Jordan or texted him and be like, I don't know about this. (laughs) Um, but that night Sam came up to me and he apologized nonstop for like how it turned out. And he's like, I understand if you don't want to come back the next like three nights of the pop-up and he's like but I really want to show you like this is not what uh, Anomaly is and stuff like that um so of course once I sign on for a stage I'm not gonna not show up for it um but it was definitely like the next two three days it was a huge huge change from the first night of the pop-up and that's when it really showed to me that like there is there is something happening happening here that I'm interested in and then I might want to be part of. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, <laughs> for us. It was like, what's going on? But but what was cool is that we came back like a couple weeks later yep. and you guys had fixed it all. And I think that one of the cool magical things about food and about experiencing something. Uh, like anomaly or like counter is like you're gonna have bad nights every once in a while and that's like kind of you have to have those bad nights to realize like the special nights like mm-hmm. nights so like it kind of grounds you in a way to realize like it's really hard to do what you guys are doing and like execute these menus and sometimes it makes it seem super easy and then like sometimes you realize how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the amazing part too, is I'm sure it's every restaurant in America, but I feel like there's so many things that the diner doesn't realize is happening that is, is you know, maybe like a, a slight panic moment for the kitchen or one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, this person's a celiac and we didn't realize that they were, you know, they couldn't have any bread and we got to figure out how to do this on the fly. Um, so I think it's just a testament to a good restaurant to be able to, work in the I say work in the wobble like where you're kind of like you're about to fall down but you're just still kind of doing your thing um to be able to do that and just make it happen without anybody realizing that it's happening um I think is 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 pretty neat yeah and you bit like so the first one we went to the one that was in the house like yep you're so right like the 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 chicken chocolate mole that was such a cool dish you're like wow this is like this is something special. And it's kind of interesting to hear from your guys. Like you guys saw that and you guys immediately were like, Oh, that's something special. And that kind of spurred your interest in it. That's pretty interesting to uh, hear it that way. So, so when did you guys think like counter was actually going to happen? <laughs> Doing like pop-ups and like oh. it's a COVID and uh, it just seemed like from my perspective, it's like, okay, this is cool. But like, it's never going to open <laughs> or it's going to take a while. To open. I feel like for me, it was, we, we did the anomaly pop-ups in early 2020, like January. We did one in February and then we had one scheduled for March, April. I think we were slated originally to open anomaly in like June or July. Um, and we did the one in April, I think, and then the one in, in March obviously got canceled because it was after um, everything hit with, with the pandemic. Um, but it was it was such an odd time because it went from, I, first off, I was working at 
the fish market at Clean Catch at this point. So it was like uh, I was out of the restaurant industry and the anomaly pop ups were like my little like vice to get back into working in restaurants. Um, and we were doing that and it was it, all of a sudden it was just canceled. It was just like, all right, I got a call from Sam. Um, anomaly is not going to happen anymore. You know, some things happen and there's this pandemic and we're going to put it on hold for a little while. So uh, let's see. I think you said let's take a pause until January of 2021 and we'll see what happens uh, then. You know, I'll still be in touch because I want you to be on the team. Uh, and then I think it was something like three months later, he called me. And we had found someone to invest in the space and the city kitsch was opening their Wesley Heights location. And we were ready to rock and roll in September and for me to be part of the team. And it was just one of those things where it went from like, all right, well, I guess I'll take a year out of the kitchen and just kind of like let this whole pandemic play out to, all right, Hey, we're opening a restaurant. Let's go. Uh, so it was this weird, uh, really odd circumstance. Uh, but I think it turned out really well. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely like sort of like this is never going to happen. And then it was like this is happening in like two months. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like from our and I was skeptical, like I'm like, this is not a good time to open. <laughs> like, Who's going to come? But it just shows like you guys have from the very beginning, like there's uh, Sam. He's like insane, but in the best way, like he be- he believes like he has a vision and he is confident that like a tasting menu style concept will work in Charlotte and it works. People are coming and you guys are like doing very well. And you, and you can see like the trickle down to like all these other restaurants like Bardo. I think he always wanted to do a, a tasting menu and he needed you guys. He, he was scared to do it on his own or for whatever reason, didn't want to go full force. And then you guys do it. And then all of a sudden he's got his tasty menu and then all these other tasty menus are popping up. So it's just like kind of cool that you guys started it. And now Charlotte's just kind of coming along. It's neat. To, it's really neat to see it. Um, like, and I follow so many restaurants on Instagram. I guess that's where I get like all of my information from nowadays. But I, you know, I, I feel like after we opened, I would start to see, um, and, and you know, maybe it was just pure circumstance, but I would start to see like this, you know, XYZ restaurant tasting menu, this restaurant tasting menu. We're going we're gonna to start with this tasting menu uh, option. And it's just really cool to think possibly that you had some type of an influence on a change in the dining scene in Charlotte. Yeah, and it's just cool, like, because what's great about a tasting menu is you have to, like, you're not ordering. You have to eat what is put in front of you so you guys can, like, do stuff that people wouldn't order. Like, people aren't going to order, like, beef, beef tea or whatever. Yeah, or, beef tongue we have on the menu right now. And, you right. know, people people would never order that. But but then they try and they it. like it. And then, like, it, 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 it then they're like, oh, that's then it's kind of like a, a stepping stone and next thing you know like it just opens their mind that's why i love a tasting menu and it, and it really like allows you guys to tell the story and you guys are like overtly telling a story like literally but all these other tasting menus it's like trying to figure out the story they're telling it's kind of like a little game that you play so yeah i, I remember having um uh sam gave me pig brains at one of the anomaly pop-ups and um, i don't know if you guys were there for the pig brains I think we were. Well, of course, I think. Cafeteria. Yeah. Cafeteria, yep. Um, but it, 
I had never ever worked with pig brains. I had never tasted them. Uh, they're delicious. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's like you don't know you're going to eat pig brains until you get there. And uh, we don't have pig brains on the menu right now, uh, maybe in the future. But it just, it's it's neat. Yeah. So what do you guys say to like, what's your um, what's your pitch to somebody who's listening and they've never been to a tasting menu before? Uh, like, give me the pitch. Why are they on the counter? Colleen, go first. um the pitch for a counter interesting um i would say um sort of just like let go of control and literally just sort of allow yourself to experience something different and new without having such like judgment about it or like going into it being like oh i'm not gonna like this or i'm not you know this isn't what i like they're going to serve food I don't like or blah, blah, blah. It's sort of like I'd rather people come and just be like, okay, we're going to do this. And if I don't like something, I'm not going to like it. And that's fine. But overall, when people come in to counter, they really enjoy the experience and just the overall feeling of it. It's not fussy. We're not, you know, white tablecloths and perfect silver and stuff like that. It's very just like it's fun. And I hope that we're trying to, I hope we're showing that we're having fun. I know some nights it's difficult because we're in the back of the kitchen, but like we do have fun. Um, at the beginning of counter, it was just Jordan and I in the back of the kitchen, just him and I next to each other. And we were having a great time because it was just him and I were friends. We enjoyed cooking. We enjoyed cooking next to each other. Um, but I just want people to like come in and just have a good time and just let go of their perception of what we are. That's something like yeah. that. <laughs> Same thing for me, really. Just like leave all of your preconceived notions about uh, the food that you like at the door um, and what you don't like and and just sit down and, and really for any tasting menu, you know, whether it be counter or you're in, you know, another city and you're you're going to a tasting menu restaurant, like, just enjoy the experience and and try the food. Like, you know, if there's something on the plate that the, the thing that really bugs me the most is when a plate comes back and you've like, maybe you spent some time trying to figure out what the best garnish for that plate was and what was going to taste the best. Um, and you didn't just throw some random like nasturtium or whatever on there. You just, you pick the garnish correctly for the plate and then the, it, the plate comes back and the garnish is sitting on the plate. And it's like, well, I put that on there because it enhances the flavor. So just eat everything on the plate and uh, uh, enjoy the experience. Like, just go with it. If, if cilantro tastes like soap to you, I get it. Then don't eat the cilantro. But, like, you know, if, if, if it's not going to make you sick or it's not going to kill you, just try it because um, you're probably going to like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would say it's like it's like going to a Broadway play. Like, for if you're not into Broadway, it's mm-hmm. like you can still appreciate the acting and the music, even if you're not, like, it's not your thing. So like if if like tasting menus or food is not your thing, just like go into it with that experience being like, you know, this is this is a show. This is like you can tell the technique and you guys are talented in what you do and just you know, you don't have to do it every night. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so let's get um I wanna talk about some individual dishes that you guys have done. Well, I guess let's start. Like what's What's your guys' favorite dish that you've created? 
Oh, that's hard. Um, like one that you're like super proud of. You're like this turned out really well. I think it was. I think it was one of the desserts at Bardo. It was the herb herb ice cream with the ricotta and puffed. The puffed rice, the puffed black rice. The um, and I I was afraid to put it on the menu because. It was so far from, I think, anything that Charlotte has seen. And I didn't want to be that, like, crazy person. <laughs> um, but I think that was the dish that I created it. It, like, it became a dish. Like, it was in my mind. It actually became a dish. And, like, I was just like, this is me in a bowl. Like, this is this is my style. This is what I would want if I was going out and eating something. Um, but I think it was not the most received or like the, the favorite dessert that was put on the menu. And I don't think it was on the menu for all that long because of that. But personally, it was my, it was my favorite. I think it was one of the perfect like desserts I created. I love that dessert. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. I remember chef, uh, Mike, no, he like brought that, you were like thinking about putting on the menu and he just like gave us the ice cream to, to try. And we, we were like, this is so good. Yeah. But that, like, that's, a, that's a great example of like a dish that works on a tasting menu, but maybe not in a a la carte menu. Because like people are like herb ice cream, like, eh. <laughs> but if you sh- if you do it in like a progression and they like they're like actually try it, they probably I bet people who actually tried it probably really liked it. Yeah, it was definitely one of those on the menu that eh, I don't know. But then, like, if you were kind of, like, forced to eat it, like, if it was a tasting menu, I think it would be people's favorites because it was so light and refreshing. But it was a dessert. But it wasn't, like, here's sugar and here's a lot of sugar. It was yeah. really, it was really balanced. My, my favorite thing, if I may say, about Aline is that when I eat her dessert at the end of a meal, I don't feel like, oh, God, I want to go home and just, like, sleep and, and maybe die in my sleep. And I'd probably be okay with that because I just had this, like, chocolate turtle bomb to end my meal. Um, every time I have an Aline dessert to end my meal, it's, like, this really nice, cleansing, palate-refreshing, like, awesome fucking dessert that I'm just like, all right, cool. I feel really good about the experience I just had. I love that. that. That's that's what we like. I, I don't like super sweet desserts either, so it's perfect. <laughs> now, Jordan, what what about a dish that you've done? Um, so I guess briefly, um, the brat obviously was like really cool <laughs> for me, and then I did that like um, you guys didn't have it, but I did this like little half-eaten cheese sandwich that um, was kind of an ode to my childhood. My mom used to always eat this uh, sharp cheddar cheese on toast with raspberry jam. Um, so I did like kind of a uh, cheese course like that. But currently on the menu, my favorite um, course that I've done is is the the goat tagine that I've got on the menu right now. It's a Morocco course. Um, and I think to me, it's such a special course because it just it's it's really good. I don't want to like, <laughs> to my own horn or anything, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> And I've never worked with goat before. So like braising the goat and like tying it back to Morocco, which was not a cuisine that I really had a whole lot of um, uh, knowledge about. But I, I think that I was able to do a really good job of like paying some homage to Morocco and the type of cuisine that would be. And then the, there's it's a very colorful plate. 
Um, there's there's uh, herbs, you know, mint and cilantro on the plate. There's a chamula. There's duca, uh, razaf and newt, goat. It's just a it, it's it's just a really interesting plate. And it and my favorite part about the plate is that it's paired with Aline's bread. Um, it's paired with one of Aline's. Um, she made a naan for like a lafa for the oh. course. Um, and so that's like it, it's just such it's such a good course. I just want to cut that lafa in half and like stuff everything from the course inside the lafa and just eat it as a sandwich. Um, so that, that's probably the favorite thing that I've ever put on a plate. I love that. Aline, you make the best bread. <laughs> like the bread, like so many restaurants are going away from a bread course. Yeah. That's like our favorite thing, like the one, uh, that you did for the first one, which I guess was, what was the first? The rye Japanese. Yeah. yeah. The rye Japanese milk bread. Yeah, that was so good. And then and then your Szechuan cookie. That Szechuan cookie was Oh. About <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, no. So Sam gave me the challenge from last menu to this menu was to bump our bread program from one bread to three breads. Um him and I both totally agree that for a tasting menu to really exist, there has to be a bread program. Um, at Bethany in New York City, our bread person, I think, had like seven or eight breads on his like prep list, and I loved them all. And it really just added to dishes. I think exactly how Jordan was saying, the tagine with the bread, it like, you could have that dish by itself, but with the bread and combining it really like just completes it as a whole. And um, yeah, so three bread courses. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't go up to the next for the next. And, <laughs> and, and Alina is also making the pedashu for our current truffle enhancement. So it's almost like if you get the truffle enhancement, it's almost like you get the four breads. Oh, so uh, can, is there going to be a bread theme? Just like straight up bread? <laughs> Yvonne, Yvonne would be totally in. She'd love that. Just bread. I bread personally am not a fan of actually. I've. From the beginning of my career, I realized that there's pastry chefs and there are bread chefs, and those are two different species of people. <laughs> um, they're just some people just love making bread. I I can make bread, and I'm really proud of all the breads I make. Would I choose not to make bread? Yes. <laughs> uh oh. But does our menu like do what like do I believe that our menu needs a three course bread program? to move us, move counter to where Sam and I think it is or where we want to go with it. And adding that bread program to it is really important, despite my personal feelings <laughs> of actually making bread. <laughs> I love it. Okay. What, um, when you're going around town in Charlotte, where are the other places that you like to go? Aline, you start. I know where it is. It's the only other place, I suppose, but go ahead. <laughs> um, oh, that's really hard. I personally have a really hard time going out in Charlotte for food. I don't know why. I may have been spoiled in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Well, I think what Charlotte's missing, that, like, New York, like, the street food and just, like, the super fat stuff, like, we don't have... It's not up to obviously New York's level for stuff like that, like a like a deli and like just yeah, the, I, like every yeah. corner deli, like they had like the guy 
who was like making stuff and it was so good. We don't have that. No, I I don't know. Like like I go out to restaurants as much as I can, and I always like walk away and I'm like that's good. But I'm always like I wish I walked away and was like oh my god that was fantastic. But I don't, which makes me sad. <laughs> it does. Um, for me, it's like the the pop ups and the 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 things that have just kind of happened since COVID. And I might be pronouncing this wrong, but Rob Clement, shout out to your Buccaneers. Uh, the Packers <laughs> lost yesterday. And it makes me look sad. But he sent me a really nice, heartwarming message about the game today. So that was nice. Uh, but uh, uh, Michigan, yeah. uh, his, his pop-up is, God, that food is so good. Um, whether he's doing breakfast sandwiches or matzo ball soup or black and white cookies or whatever it is, like that shit is legit. Um, Cheech cheesesteaks, I just had one of their cheesesteaks. And... Damn, real good. I don't know if you guys have enjoyed one of those. I haven't been there. Yeah, um, they've got uh, brick and mortar, I think, opening in the spring or something like that. I just read something in Charlotte Agenda. But, uh, yeah, a a classic Philly cheesesteak that's very good. Um, Gosh. Yeah, there's not, honestly, and I'm sorry to everywhere in Charlotte, but there's not a whole lot of sit-down restaurants that I love. I just had the Goodyear House uh, like two weeks ago, and I, I love the Goodyear House. Lee and Louise. Greg Collier's the man. Uh, but honestly, like, there's not really a whole lot of places in Charlotte that I'm like, oh, man, I really want to go there for dinner tonight. It's like the pop-ups and a few little sit-down restaurants that I love. Yeah. Well, you told us about Botiwala. Oh, Botiwala, yeah. Oh. That, yeah, that, that, uh, that little puff rice thing is so good. I don't mm-hmm. even understand it. It doesn't make any sense. No, I have no it's idea good. what it is, but it's, it's like um, – uh, my girlfriend and I always always do this thing when we want to get dinner and we like we make this like motion with our hands. It's like it's this. Right. And we're like, we just want this flavor. And that that's what that is in a nutshell. It's like uh, uh, sweet, savory, crispy, crunchy. Yeah. Like It's so good. Yeah. It's just like flavor. It's flavor explosion. In yep. the best way. That's interesting. So. So I guess. I, we kind of alluded to this, but what do you think, like, what what does Charlotte need? Not more fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. I don't know what I want, like, from the Charlotte scene and where it should grow, but there's something, something's missing. <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, we need to figure it. We need to figure it out, so we can we can make it. It's hard. It's, it's such a hard time now in the restaurant. Obviously, you guys know, but like with COVID, it's just really hard to do like the mass stuff. Like a, you a know, big restaurant. Yeah, a big restaurant is just so hard to do now. And even like even a brick and mortar is hard unless you're like very specific. Like you guys, since you're so small, you know, you only need to have. 12 24 people a night and you're fine so you guys are like in a good spot and then like on the other end like you've got these pop-ups that are doing very well because they don't have like a brick and mortar and they can just like sell out beforehand so they know exactly what to make right there's so those are doing well and like the fast food are obviously doing well and then there's like everything in between that's like kind of struggling because we just can't but post-covid I think that that's going to be what happens is that it's just going to be a lot of like um, fast casuals, you know, um, Yapo kitchen. Also, I had that, uh, the Athens dog today. Yes. 
uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like fast casuals, places like small places like Counter, um, Bardo, places that are just like, you know, where you can go and there's only a few other diners in there. Um, and you don't have to worry about being cramped into a giant dining room with 100 other people. Um, and if I may say, I think that uh, uh, someone needs to open an Indian food restaurant in Charlotte that that makes real good Indian food because I'd be I'd be really in on that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we asked everybody the best thing they ate this week. So what's the best thing that you guys ate this week? <laughs> Uh, the best thing I've eaten this week uh, is I went to the Degenerate, which is the bar that my boyfriend owns. And every single Sunday, I let myself go, have a few mimosas, and I have their shrimp and grits. It's now, my day off. Did you help with the menu there? Huh? Didn't you help with the menu there? Um, No, not really. Um, Chef Steven. <laughs> Chef Steven came in when uh, he got hired. Uh, we had some ideas and stuff like that, obviously, when pitching to investors and things like that. I sort of created the, like, fake menu. <laughs> um, but Chef Steven came in and took over and is doing a fantastic job. But every single Sunday I go and I eat my shrimp and grits. <laughs> mm, that sounds good. So, like, what's the what's the drink to order there? Oh, at the Degenerate? Yeah. Oh, um. My personal favorite cocktail is the Spanish Valor, um, which is this, I don't like gin, but it's a gin drink and it's delicious and it's like a cherry liqueur or something. Um, but I would say every drink to try there is the Fishbone. Uh, they make um, an Aquavit and Aquavit is sort of like a gin, but it's a Scandinavian, Scandinavian gin. And it has like a cucumber syrup and it has this really good spice note and it's it's a really fun drink. Mm, that sounds good. I will say too about counter, you guys have an excellent non-alcoholic drink. First of all, you have a great wine pairing. because mm-hmm. um, I've dabbled in some of that too. But your non-alcoholic pairing, so good. And I know like you had some some things to do with that, but it, so very good. Yeah. No, it's definitely something we want to have. Um, because we want to, you know, please the masses and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of fun. It's a little, it's something different, especially more focusing on drinks for us. That's out of our wheelhouse. Um, but it sort of gives us the opportunity to just sort of have a little fun and play around with something different. All right, Jordan, what's the best thing you have this week? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I really, honestly, this week was really busy for me. So I had a lot of like frozen burritos and, and <laughs> Trader Joe's frozen meals and like she tray nachos with those. Uh, okay. What's those, a Trader Joe's like hack that you have? Oh, it's a, it's those she tray nachos with the Elote corn dippers. That's the one, man. So what do you, know. so you put it on a tray and what do you put on it? So I do like half um, tortilla chips and then I do half of those she tray uh, or those Elote corn dippers. Yeah, um, so I, those Elote corn dippers are so good. The best rendition I've ever made of those she tray nachos was with um, uh, Manwich. Like I just threw Manwich all over it. And oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, it when it came out uh, and I put cheddar cheese on it, 
Uh, and when it came out, I just covered it in like pickled red onions and uh, uh, pimento cheese and coleslaw. And it was like uh, manwich nachos. And they were they were dope. Uh, but um, I did get pho last night from Fahua on uh, Central. And that was probably the best thing I've had this week. <laughs> All right. So tell us, like, if you want to go to counter, how do you purchase tickets? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> no, I do know. Um, you uh, you can go to counterclt.com. I believe that's our website. It better be our website. Um, I'll look can, it up right while you're talking. <laughs> and you can register. You can you can reserve tickets through uh, the service that we use called Talk. So there'll be a link to get to Talk um, through our website counterclt.com, and um, you can purchase your tickets for either our regular fire menu service. Or we're also we've also always got our special dinners on there. So I believe our, our um, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, Stadium Arcadium dinner we're doing this weekend is sold out. But we've also got John Williams coming up and a bunch of other really cool stuff. I will be Yvonne and I Yvonne and I are coming to the uh, Let the Fight Stars Star. dinner, mm-hmm. and we're probably gonna come to the John Williams dinner as well. That's awesome. <laughs> so cannot. Cannot talk up Counter enough. Like Counter is great. So glad you guys are here um, in Charlotte, doing great things. Gonna put Charlotte on the national map. <laughs> I know Sh- I know Sam. I can't tell that to Sam because it'll go to his head. But <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Anything else you want to say before we go? I think that's it. Go Pack Go. Maybe next year. That's it. I had to get that out there. <laughs> yeah well, how'd you feel about them not going kicking the field goal and not going for a touchdown were you uh, i was that was a real hurtful decision uh, <laughs> i mean i guess i understand it from a football standpoint but uh, i was real heartbroken yesterday and uh I, I was so angry that my dog had to leave my side and go upstairs and lay in his bed because i think he thought i was angry at him uh, <laughs> But yeah, nothing worse than like <laughs> losing a game that's very close that like you know you had a chance to win. Like yeah. it's better to get blown out and then it's like over and you're like kind exactly. of exactly. I was thinking that I, I, just this morning. I was like, man, I wish we would have got blown out. But anyway, yeah, we've all been there. I'm a Panthers fan. We've never won anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much, and we'll all see you at Counter soon. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. All right. Later.